Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Would you go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5? I I do have a word from the Lord for you today. Mark, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Are we online right now? We're online. Can we give it up to our online family right now? Everybody watching online. Greater Church online family. Hope you make it next week. If not, tune in every Sunday. So, love you guys. Mark chapter 3 verse 5. You guys ready? Yeah. Okay, I got half of you. If y'all aren't ready, say hold on. You guys ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to holler back at you kind of preacher. I holler, I, like, I holler at you, you holler at me. We're not mad at each other. We're not. Some of you are like, why is he yelling? Like, I, mm, inside voices. No, we're just really passionate about Jesus and passionate about God's word. Okay, so I'm going to holler at you. You're going to holler back. And that's how we do what we do. Pastor Chino knows he comes to my church. Our church is loud. Okay. So y'all holler back. Everyone say dale. All right. All right. Mark chapter three verses one through five says, and he entered the synagogue again and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath Mm. so that they may accuse him. And he said to the man, who had a withered hand, step forward. Can everybody shout out, say, step forward. forward. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was completely restored as whole as the other. God's word. I want you to do something for me. Take one hand, put it over your chest right now. Now this might not be for everybody, but it is going to be for somebody. Please listen to the words that are going to come out of my mouth in the next few minutes because I believe it could change your life. Everything is going to be all right. Might not be for everybody, but it is for somebody. You need to know that everything is going to be all right. Can you repeat after me? Say, eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a mouth to confess all the good things that Christ has already prepared for me. If you're ready to receive what belongs to you, can you clap your hands one more time before you do this? Come on, come on. Clap your hands like you're ready to receive what belongs. You felt the heartbeat. That means God's not done with you. If you got a heartbeat, you're here today. That means God is not finished with you today. You may have your seats in the presence of the Lord. I want to speak to you in the next, for the next few minutes on grace to restore. Grace to restore. And I know it's not on the notes, but I 
heard from the Lord this morning, Joel 2.25 through 27. Joel 2.25 through 27 says like this, So I will restore the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. My people and my people. When he talks about my people, he's talking about you. He's talking about me. He's talking about us. And my people shall never be put to shame. Come in here grateful that you will never be put to shame. Then the Bible says, and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. And just in case you forgot what he said or had a doubt about what he was talking about whether it was you or not he repeats himself and he says and my people shall never be put to shame everything you've gone through everything you've got, been able to cross over in these last six years maybe more in your life the bible says that he didn't bring you this far to shame you he brought you this far to show you something greater in your life my people you will never be put to shame what I love about this verse though is that the first thing he actually begins with is the Bible says that I will restore the years I will restore the years this is an interesting concept I believe because he doesn't say I will restore the stuff one of the things that we are in uh in our mind, when we talk about God restoring things in our life, we, we always talk about God restoring relationships. We, we, we think about God restoring uh, the economy of our home. We, we, we think about God restoring the house and the devil took one car. He's going to give me three cars and, and he's going to give me a house with the three car garage to put the three cars God's given me. He's going to restore everything the devil took from me. And I say amen to that. Amen. He will restore things. But but the Bible in Joel chapter 2 does not talk about God restoring stuff. He actually talks about restoring years. And this is an interesting concept because when the Bible says that he will restore years, what, what he is, what he is referring to is the, the thing, the years in which you have fought through things and you have fought through some battles, you've gone through some things and, and you feel like you've been worn out in the years and you say, I'll never get those years back. Or, or I hear somebody say, I, I gave him the best years of my life ever heard somebody say I gave her the best years of I gave the company the best years of my life and last year they gave me a pink slip and now I got to look for a new job and I gave them the best years of my life and God is saying through the prophet Joel I will restore the years what he's trying to tell you is baby you haven't seen the best years you thought you I wish I had a church this morning you didn't give them the best years. You didn't give her the best years. You were about to enter into the best years of your life. You thought you gave the company the best years. You're about to walk into your own company. with You're going to be the own CEO of your company. You're going to experience the best years because whatever the locust thought, you thought the locust ate, God is going to restore, but he will restore the years. What is he talking about? He's going to restore the joy you lost. He's going, you're going to restore the 
the strength you lost. You're gonna, he's going to restore everything the years took. God can do more. Can I talk to somebody right now? God can do more in 30 days than the past 30 years of your life. Oh, I feel an acceleration of blessing and favor coming over this house. Like God can do it. What it took somebody five years, you can get it in the next five months. In the name of Jesus, God will, God will, God will, God will, God will restore the years. Oh, what I lost all these years. To, what can I do? God can, and the reason why, I, can I just stay here for just a minute? Uh, the, the reason why God can restore the years is because God is not limited by time, space, or matter. That, what does this mean, preacher? That means that God is not subject, nor is he bound by time. That means he is not bound by yesterday, today, or tomorrow. He's actually, uh, he's actually out of time, in time, all the time, at the same time. It'll take you a while to get there. Don't worry. That, that means he's, uh, yes, that's, that's hard for us to understand because our mind is so limited to time. Uh, but, but God is in my yesterday. He's in my today and he's in my tomorrow all at the same time right now. Which means if he's not bound by time, then he can restore the time and he can accelerate the time that the locust has eaten, the chewing locust and the consuming or whatever took your time. God can do it in 30 days. He can do it in an hour. He can do it as long as you believe that he can restore the years that you've lost. Woo! Sometimes it isn't stuff that God wants to restore. Sometimes it's years, time he is not bound by it and so he is a God that restores time it's not too late for some of you who are here you say, it's too late for me to do something now, no 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 it's not too late God can do it I don't know who it's for but God can do it he will he will restore the time we are in, a, in the scripture the Bible says that in this scripture in this scripture we find ourselves Reading from a place where Jesus is in a synagogue now. Jesus, for those of you that don't know what a synagogue is, a synagogue is a Jewish temple. They are gathered together just like we are here right now. They're gathered, they're listening to the word of God. They're reading scripture out loud. They're praising God together. And Jesus walks into the church again. And when he walks into the church again... And when he walks into the church again, he notices a man that has a withered hand. He notices a man that has a withered hand. Now, this is not the miracle. This is not the miracle where, the, where somebody is calling out to Jesus for a miracle. This is not the miracle where blind Bartimaeus is saying, Oh, uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on you. Shouting from the top of his lungs. No, this is not the miracle where the woman with the issue of blood is doing everything she can, dragging herself through a crowd to touch the hem of his garment. This is not that miracle. This is the miracle where the man is sitting at the church with a withered hand and he's okay with it. 
This is the man who did not ask for a miracle yet. Jesus notices and he gazes his eyes on him, notices him and sees that he's got something wrong with him. And the truth is the man has become okay with his dysfunction. But I'm so grateful that we serve a God that even when we're okay with a dysfunction, he's not okay with it. So Jesus notices a man with a withered hand that's okay with his situation. And he says, you're okay with it, but I'm not okay with it. And he tells the man something. He says, you step forward. You know, I think a lot of times for us, we can come to a place like this and celebrate and smile. But there's things in our life that are not working properly. There's things in our life that are drying out. They're withered. And Jesus is here today to let you know you're okay with it and I'm not okay with it. But I'm not here to shame you. I'm here to heal you. I'm here to restore you. I'm here to, I'm here to give you back what you need. And the Bible says that when this man was in this place, the Bible says that Jesus said one thing to the man and he said, step forward, step forward. Now, the, the irony of this is that when we think of restoration, we think we need to go back. When we think about restoration, we think we, we, we've, got, we've got to go back and close the chapter. I just need to call them back just to, just to close the chapter. You know, we just, just, if I could just see them one more time and, you know, we, we need closure in our life. We, we, need, we, we just need to close the chapter. The devil is a liar. What you need to do is you need to get up and step forward into your future. Oh, I know, I know some of you are looking at me like, wait, wait, pastor, I thought we're supposed to take care of that. No, you don't take care of that. God takes care of that. What you need to take care of is getting up from where you are and step forward. You got to shake off the offense. You got to shake off the unforgiveness. You got to shake off the thing that's holding you back from your future because God will never consult your past to talk to you about your future. God has called you for something greater in the future, but it's up to you to get up, step forward, Move forward so that God can restore everything that your devil took from you. You've got to get up and step forward. Somebody shout, step forward. You, you cannot stay stuck where you are. You cannot stay stuck in the problem. You can't stay stuck in the, in the position that you're in. God is saying, you've got to get up and move forward in order for me to restore you to the greater thing that you think you lost. Step forward. Philippians 3, 12 through 15, watch what it says. It says, now that, now that I have already obtained this and or am already perfect, not that I have already obtained this or that I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. You ready to read with me? Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward on what lies, I press on toward the goal 
of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Watch this. This is important. You can't stop there. You got to keep, you got to keep reading. Let those of us who are, oh, say it one more time. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that. Oh, so what does this mean? It's a mindset. It's a mindset. The biggest battle you have is not the devil. The biggest battle you have is right in between your ears, your mind. But if you can get mature enough to get up and move forward and not let anybody hold you back, let those of us who... Is there any mature people in the church today that can say, I'm not... The devil wants you to stay there stuck, busted, disgusted, sucking your thumb like nobody loves me, nobody cares about me. God is saying, get up, move forward. I got a better future than you ever could imagine. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or even think according to the work, the power that is already working up. Let the church say amen. Oh, I feel like preaching this thing. I don't know if I'll get invited back, but I'm gonna preach it how I I'm gonna preach it how I do at my church. It's a mindset, baby. Tell them the person next to you, it's a mindset. It's a if you don't like talking to people, we're gonna do that three more times. So just let them know it's a mindset. It's a mindset. We're gonna do it three more times. I'm gonna talk to you three more times during this message. It's a mindset. So right here, the devil wants you to stay stuck. Mama, the devil wants you to stay stuck. Single mom, single father that you're here. The devil wants you to stay stuck. Nobody's going to love you. You'll never be able. You gave them the best years of your life. No, 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 no. You'll never be able to find somebody as good. You know, the devil's a liar. I'm going to get up and I'm going to shake it off and watch what God is going to do in my life. Step forward. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. Isaiah 43, 18. Oh, remember not the things. Wait, let me explain this. Let's, let's go back. Go back because I, I, there's a problem with the verse we just read. I have a problem with Philippians 3, 12, 15. I have a problem. I can't, I can't ignore this. I had a problem with this verse. Maybe you did too. You just didn't quite know it. But let me, let me, let me just say it. So, okay, preacher. I, I don't consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, I had, a, I had a problem with this next word, forget. How do you wake up one morning and just forget? Like, like, like you just get up and the memory is no longer there. I'm going to talk to this side. Y'all quiet over here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, do you just get up one day and it's like, I just forgot that they offended me. And it no longer bothers. I just forgot. Y'all had a problem with that? Yeah. Any real people here? Yeah. <laughs> How do you just... Preacher, that's wonderful. But rat 
it makes no sense. It's irrational to think that one day I'm going to get up and just forget that they walked out on me and they hurt me and they left me when I needed them the most. How do I forget the offense, the abuse, the, the situation that crippled my faith? I can't trust anybody anymore because of it. I don't trust church leaders anymore because of it. I don't trust men because of it. I don't trust women anymore because of it. There's, I, how do I just forget? I had a problem with that. Until the Lord showed me what the word forget actually means in this text. See, the word forget doesn't mean I don't, it doesn't come to memory anymore. What the word forget means that its root word is, watch this, refocus. So can we read it like that? One thing I do, I refocus, not on the pain, but on the healer. Not on the one that walked away from me, but the one that promised, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you all of the days of your... Do I got a witness in this... It's not that I'm forgetting, it's that I'm refocusing. It's a mindset. I'm refocusing not on the hurt. I'm refocusing on that the cross still is the place for my healing. I'm refocusing not on the people that backstabbed me. I'm refocusing on the one that got stabbed for my life so that I can have eternal life. I'm not focusing on the people that walked away from me. I'm walking on God's promise. I'm refocusing my thinking on the one who promised that everything is going to be all right. And look what it said. Now we can, can we go to Isaiah now? 43, 18, 19 says, remember, watch this, remember not the, in other words, in other words, don't focus on the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. I, I, it's, uh, it's not, the, the, the argument is not if, if God is doing something new or will he do something new. The argument is, can you perceive that he's already started doing a new thing? Can, he has not, what does this mean? He has not changed his mind about you from the beginning. The Bible says before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I had appointed you as prophet for the nations. I already had a purpose and that purpose, the, your actions don't, de, de, don't detour what I already think about you. I am doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? I will make a way. I will tell the person next to you. This is my, this is my third one. This is my third one. This is tell them, tell them, I will, he will make a way. He will make a way. Tell two, three people. He will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Oh, here's the man with the withered hand and he's has to step forward. He's got some things that don't function right. And so now he stands up in the middle of a crowd like this. And, and, and then uh, uh, number two, he, there, is a, there is a moment where he steps forward now. And although he is in a crowd filled with people, I don't know about you if you've ever been in a place, a moment, a space where you have to stand up and it's just you in the middle of a crowd. You can be in the middle of a crowd and feel alone. 
like you feel like all eyes are on you. You know, I grew up, I, I'm a church kid, and so I grew up going to youth camps and, and uh, uh, all kinds of revival, tent revivals, and they'd bring evangelists and prophets and apostles and archangels and all kinds of, you know, just <laughs> don't get mad. And one of the things I, I remember trying to be like a rebellious kid in the back and, uh, you, you know, because... <laughs> Let me say this real quick, because this is for somebody here today. I, I don't know who you are, but it's for somebody today. You know, as a church kid, I tried to backslide. Notice the word tried. <laughs> Couldn't even do that right. <laughs> couldn't even, the rot I couldn't do the rotation right. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't like, puff, puff, give, bro. Like, I don't know this, man. I was in the club, and I was like, I could dance from my waist up. My feet would not move. And so, you know, I had to keep my feet together. I couldn't do it right. I'm, I, you, you, you tried to be sinful and then somehow you feel like something's talking to you. Like, you shouldn't be here, Rob. Like, you shouldn't be like, Holy Spirit, you for real here? Like, right now? I can't even do that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're so marked by the Holy Ghost that you can't even backslide right. That's why years later you're out here at Greater Church lifting your hands saying, I tried it. I couldn't even. I feel like preaching this morning. I couldn't even backslide right. I'm so marked. You're so marked by the Holy Ghost that you're trying to run like you have an option to run. Like you can really run from God. Come on. Stop kidding yourself. You're so marked by the Holy Ghost. You can't even backslide right because God's got you in his hand. I'm going to stay there for just a moment. Well, I, I remember this reminds me. I, I would play my, my son, Mateo. He, he, he's, 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 he's everything I'm not. He's everything I'm not. In other words, he, he's, he's, almost, he's half my size. He's six years old. So he's bigger. <laughs> big kid. I don't know why you're laughing, but he's a big kid. Big kid. So I try to, I try to, I try to play hide and seek with him. And, and he, he, he thinks he's smaller than he is, but he is six years old, but he's, he's got a body of like an eight or nine-year-old. And so he tries to hide between the couches, and, and he'll be like, Dad, you can't find me. And I'm looking at his legs and his behind shaking in the back like this. You can't see me. And I'm like, Doc, you... <laughs> I can see you like you can't see me. Some of you, you acting with like that with God. You, you're trying to hide from him. God, you can't see me. God's like, I see your behind. You, you too. Is there a witness in the house? You couldn't even do that right because his eye is on the sparrow. He's going to take care of you sinful self too. Oh, y'all getting the good preaching, the 930 guy. <laughs> Come on. Let's go. What are we talking about? Isolation. The prophet. The prophet. So one of the things my, 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 my friends would do, like, don't, whatever you do, don't look at the preacher in the eyes. He will. He, if you look at him in the eyes, he is going to take out all your junk and put it in front of everybody. He's going. And so we, as soon as the prophet or the preacher would come down the aisles, we catch the Holy Ghost. We just, we just lift our. 
and you the pastor's kid. Can't nobody know your business in front of everybody. You got to just lift your hands just to catch the Holy Ghost in that moment. And so we, and so, cause hey, we knew, we knew if he sees me in the eyes, he's going to pull out my trash from last week. He's going to tell everybody what happened behind the bleachers and all the things. That, and I left school early and I shouldn't have, and I'm lying about this. And, and, and so, but, but see, but see, when Jesus Oh, listen to me. When Jesus called out the man, he wasn't there to shame him. He was there to heal him. Because that's what grace does. Grace will call your name not to shame you, but to heal you. And it feels like isolation. But can, but can I tell you, isolation is really incubation. Because there are some things that it can only be you and God. Oh, hear me by the Holy Spirit. There are moments that you are going to feel like, Lord, I thought I was trying to get closer to you. I feel more alone than ever before. No, that's not loneliness. It's incubation. Because the isolation brings you into incubation because he's going to give you a revelation that's going to bring transformation. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to repeat that. So if you caught it, you better have caught that. It came right through revelation of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of, it reminds me of, it reminds me of a man named Abraham. The Bible says that God had called Abraham to sacrifice his son. He said, give me your son, the one that you love. So Abraham takes his servants, he takes his son, and he begins to walk to the place of sacrifice where God would show him. When Abraham finally sees the place of sacrifice from afar, watch what happens. The Bible says that Abraham looks at his servants. He draws the line and he tells his servants, hey guys, thanks for taking the hike with me, man. But from this point forward, it's me and God. The lad and I will go. We will worship we will sacrifice and we will return back to you there was a moment where even Abraham's servants as loyal as they were to him as 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 giving of their time and treasure and talent that they were to him there came a moment in Abraham's life where the servants and Sarah and nobody else could go with him to the place of sacrifice and the Bible says he reaches the place of sacrifice. He ties up his kid. I had a problem with that too. The, the guy, the kid was between 12 and 14 years old. Can you imagine if you got 14 year olds, if you got 14 year olds, you know it's going to be trouble if you try to tie them up to an altar. And he knows what happens next. Try it. Try tying your kid up. There's going to be a fight. But you know where the greatest fight I think was? It wasn't with Isaac. I think the greatest fight that Abraham had was in here. Knowing that he had to cut his son in half and sacrifice him, burn him up. Because this is what God wanted. The Bible doesn't say this, but I'm a parent. I believe Abraham was in tears while he was doing this. There was agony and pain and sorrow in his heart. Knowing I've got to sacrifice my son. And nobody else could feel that pain but him. He was isolated. But the reality was there was an incubation happening in his life. He was about to experience the God that nobody else knew. The God of provision. 
Because while he was on his way up to the place of sacrifice, the Bible says that the, the ram was on the other side of the hill coming up. So while Abraham is coming with agony and brokenness and hurt and pain on one side, the provision was coming on the other side and the provision was going to meet him at the place of obedience. Can I talk to somebody? I know it feels like isolation, but God is going to meet you at the place of your obedience for your provision. Somebody say dale today. But I believe God is going to meet you at the place. Give them praise right now if you believe God will provide everything you need. Isolation. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight, today, man. There's, if you feel isolated, you feel alone. No, no, no. You're never, he promised you're not alone. But there is something that is happening for restoration in your life. And then as I get ready to land this plane, number three. The Bible says, oh, Jesus asked the man, stretch out your hand. <laughs> this was interesting because, can we keep it real for like 30 seconds? Okay, gracias. <laughs> I believe that most of us here would do what I would do. If Jesus asked me to stretch out my hand, I believe most of us would have stretched out the good hand. Come on. Yes. Yes. I got like half of you beings. No, no. Yeah, come on, the, no, we, we would stretch out the good hand. We live in such a superficial world. Yeah. Culture. We, we even heard things like this. Watch this. Watch this. This messed us all up. Watch this. You have to put your best foot First impressions matter the most. Can I prove it to you? Let me, let me prove it to you. How long did it take for you to post the Instagram photo before you posted it? <laughs> so many filters, right? Like, like let's take, a, let's take a, a selfie, come on. Let me see it, girl, let me see it, let me see it. <laughs> Let me see. Nah, girl. Nah, 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 nah. Do it again. Let me, let me get you the filter. You know that new filter, the one your lips come a little, you know, your eyes get a little bigger. You know, it slims up your chin. It's a little longer. And then stick out your chin, girl. Stick out your chin. Some of the guys are worse. <laughs> you throw the filter on it. Hit the picture. There you go. That one's good. Tag me, girl. Tag me. That one's good. Tag me. Don't leave me out here by myself like I'm lying. Because we are programmed to always show our best. But what I love about Jesus is that he provided a space where the man didn't have to hide his dysfunction but when he asked him to stretch out his hand he knew exactly what he was talking about oh you don't want the good stuff huh God nah I'm not like everybody else I want the stuff that's withered I want the stuff that's dry 
I want the thing that has no life in, in it anymore. Give me the thing that is causing dysfunction in your life and let me heal it because God can never heal what you continue to hide. So give me your hand. Stretch it out. And the Bible says that I, I'd probably be a little embarrassed about my hand looking the way it looks. And, but Jesus says, all right, it's all right. I noticed it anyway. You see, this isn't anything new to God. There's nothing new about you that surprises God. Like God's not in, in heaven saying, oh my me. Some of you will get it on the way home. Oh, oh, you surprised me. No, no, no. There's nothing about your dysfunction, your addiction, your problem, your situation that he doesn't already know. But by you stepping forward and stretching out your hand, you're giving him permission to heal what only he can heal. The drug can't do it. The alcohol can't do it. The women can't do it. The man can't do it. Your career can't do it. Hey, ministry can't do it. The only one that can do it is Jesus Christ himself. Somebody needs to step forward. Give them your withered head. Give them your withered relationship. Give them your dried out faith. I don't have that much faith to believe it. I don't need it all. I just need a little bit. Just, just, just step out. Just give me what's withered. Just give me what's dry. And look what I can do with your obedience. The Bible, you know what I love too? The Bible says, and when he healed the man, the hand was so restored. The Bible says that his hand was, everyone say completely. You ever started something and never finished it? Don't raise your hand. Just raise your eyebrows like this. Just let, let, let me know I'm not the only one. You know what I'm saying? Like your wife been asking you for those baseboards and, and it's been like six months. Can you please put the baseboards up? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to help you out, sister. I'm trying to help you out. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're, you've ever started something and you just don't always finish it. You know the Jesus that is here today? He finishes everything he starts. He will never leave you halfway. He will. He won't start something and not finish it in you. The Bible says that he was completely restored. You got time for one more thing? Just, just okay. It's the eleven thirty service, so it's eleven fifteen service. So yeah, everybody else is at IHOP right now. Waffle house already. They're enjoying your waffles. But you're getting some from heaven right now. Amen. You're getting some from heaven. Watch, 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 watch. Watch, watch. It's completely restored. The Bible says that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were upset. You would think, you would think that the church people were going to be excited about a man being healed. But the Bible says that they were mad. Not everybody is going to be happy with your healed, holy, and whole self now. 
Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Watch, watch, watch. Wait, 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 wait. Don't clap you. 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 Don't. Because some people need you broke, busted, disgusted, because that's the only way that they can have relationship with you. But the moment you get healed and the moment you get restored and the moment you can pay yourself for your own bills and your own stuff and your own car, oh, and you start going to church and you sign up for, for uh, the next step class and you get baptized and you get healed and you get holy and you join a G group and all of a sudden you're like, so something's happening. Oh, oh she took good now. She, she, she go to church. No, 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 no. Not only do I go to church, I got healed. I got delivered. My mind is free. I live healed. Not everybody is going to be happy with your healed, whole, and holy self. But I got one word of advice. Get healed anyway. Get whole anyway. Get holy anyway. Because God wants to restore you to something greater than you ever imagined. If you're going to praise them, you might as well praise them like something's about to get restored in your life. Stand with me. Please stand with me. I'm not mad at you. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just real passionate. I'm telling you. Oh. They were testing Jesus to see if he would heal her on a Sabbath. The reason they were testing him was because they missed it completely. Sabbath was no longer just a day. Sabbath was a person. Will you heal him on the Sabbath? Absolutely, because I am. And healing will come on a Sabbath. I am your rest. You don't have to live uneasy anymore, uncertain, insecure, unforgiven with filled with depression and anxiety no no, no. you don't have to because he is your sabbath he is your healing he is your rest he is everything you need him to be he's a father to the fatherless he's a friend to the friendless he's a healer to the sick he's a restorer to the broken he is jesus the christ the anointed one Today, you don't have to hold back. There's so much grace. Grace to restore. And I believe that not only is he here to restore you and give you a better future, I think I believe with all my heart that he's here to restore you in such a way people won't even notice. Can I tell you a story? I know we got to go to the Waffle House already, but can I, can I tell you a story real quick? we bought a house during the pandemic during the pandemic we bought a house I was scared out of my mind the week of the pandemic we closed on a new house I didn't want that house I didn't want that house my wife wanted that house 
I, I wanted a new house, like a new track home house. You know what I mean? Like the cookie cutter houses. I wanted one of those. I, I just, I, I wanted to walk in. I wanted them to say, put my sofa there, hang the TV there, put that little tree there, give me my bed. Boom. I was, no, my wife, God bless her. God bless her. She wanted the messed up house. Like the house that is like, like it was the ugliest house in the block. But she had a vision for it. I didn't have the vision for it right then and there because I didn't have the fight for it. Can I tell you restoration will take a fight? I got I to gotta stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. Okay. So we, we, we're in the house. The pandemic hits. I told my wife, it's, this is going to take us at least two years to finish. Year and a half, two years. I mean, I got to gut everything. She says, that's okay, I got time. <laughs> I said, Lord, okay, pandemic hits, everything closes, everything closes. Everybody's out of work, nobody's going to work. And all of a sudden, I got like 15, 20 guys that work in construction, including some um, general contractors. They're out of work, they're not working. And so they call me, they say, hey, pastor, we, we out here just like picking our belly button. Can, can we like... Got anything for us to do? I said, Oh, do I? Oh, do I? And I said, Come to my house. Yeah. So they came to the house and they said, What you want to do? We gave them the vision, everything we want. It long story short, it took three months to do what was supposed to take two years to do. Three months. He will restore the years. That's not the greatest part of the story. The greatest part of the story was. The, the old owner came and he was, um, I could see him through my cameras. This is about eight months later, almost a year later. The old owner came and he's like pacing back and forth. His kids are pacing back and forth in front of my house. And they're like looking and then I see him do this. Look at the number. And he's like, God. So I, and I noticed him. I said, so, you know, we in LA. So we, we, I'm like, can I help you, sir? You know? And he says, is this my house? I go, no, this is my house. <laughs> and then he goes, no, no, no. Like, like, like is, is this my old house? I said, you Mr. Ortega? Yeah, Mr. Ortega. I go, yeah, this is your old house. He said, all right, I came for my mail. But I didn't recognize my house. That, well, the old? I don't know what your house. I didn't recognize my old house. You did such a great job restoring it. I don't even see what it used to be. I got a word for somebody today. They gonna look at you and say, I can't even recognize who you used to be. Cause I'm not that person anymore. I'm not that person. God restored me. God healed me. God delivered me. God raised me up. I, I can think for myself now. I got to transform my, my language is different. I walk with a pep to my step now. I'm not in depression. I'm not in anxiety because he restored the years that the locusts had eaten. I'm here to tell somebody, God's getting ready to restore you.
Can you throw your hands to the air right now like you just don't care? Like you're getting ready to walk into newness of life. Somebody, you're here. This is probably your first time guest. And you're saying, what's all this hoop and hollering? Can you see behind that and see that God brought you here? Not by coincidence. There is no coincidences with God. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and